honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey at Wygen. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Hey, man, it's great to be back on board once again today to talk about a team that went 3-4 and four the past week. That's what I'm talking about. 3-4. and four. Hey, uh, <laughs> Yeah, outside of that freaking Houston game. I mean, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Especially for defensive side of basketball. Uh, the offense is really looking great. Um, the Timberwolves only got 97 points against Dallas, though. That's ridiculous. What the hell? Step it up. No, I'm kidding. Uh, they, they kept three opponents under 90 points. 90 points the past week. And they couldn't keep Houston under 140 Yeah, that's a little bit of an issue right there. Just a teensy-weensy bit, but hey, uh, consistency in terms of play from your star players, you're starting to see that. You're starting to see consistency. Carl Anthony Towns is now at 16 consecutive games with 20 points or more. Andrew Wiggins, 19 consecutive games at 20 points and uh, 20 points or more, a franchise record and running, literally continuing franchise record since 16. Kevin Garnett did it twice. Andrew Wiggins is now the the king in that statistic. Carl Anthony Towns now joins Kevin Garnett at 16. Um, so <laughs> there you go. And now here comes the team that last kept Andrew Wiggins under 20 points. That'll be the next opponent. We'll talk about that in the second segment. Saturday, March the 4th, the Wolves head to San Antonio. So, well, there you go. But when you have two players that have <laughs> scored 20 points or more for over a month, Andrew Wiggins, the last time he failed to score 20 points was Jan 17 in San Antonio, so the the scene of the crime. Carl Anthony Towns, the last time he failed to score 20 points, he's, he uh, I had it. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, I was I was looking at the actual like statistics for the last month too. Carl Anthony Towns. We'll talk about that in a moment as well. Just insane. The last time was Jan 14 against the Phoenix Suns. Carl Anthony Towns had had uh, 10 points. Kind of a quieter game, but the Wolves still won. So that's good. Um, a whole month of February, just been awesome. Wow. And then March 1st against Utah. They didn't, Neither one of them scored as much, but still wonderful statistics over the course. Uh, uh, but still, you know, a wonderful overall game for the club. A strong performance. And then again, well, there's more to Carl than just scoring. There's not a whole lot more to Andrew than scoring. But then again, you know, sometimes he has some games with some nice rebounds and all that. But to see both of them playing as well as they are, it's fantastic. Carl right now averaging 24 points, 12.2 rebounds, 3 assists. Andrew Wiggins at 23.4, 4.1 rebounds, which isn't that bad. It's better than last year, 2.4 assists. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, when he does pass the ball and he does create for other players, it's actually pretty good stuff. So if he can get that up to about four assists a game, wow. Then you can really see some value out of Andrew Wiggins and continued development. But what you're seeing here is two guys really emerging as superstars in this league. Um... The, the defense needs to improve, yes, and I think it did during the course of this week with the exception of that freaking Houston game, which, I don't know. I mean, that involved a lot of cursing, a lot of gnashing of teeth, a lot of throwing stuff. Well, maybe not really. Some of us might have threw something during that game. For me, it was just like a headache. Like, give me the damn Advil. Like, please, give me a whole freaking bottle of Advil here. This is unbelievable. Uh, in in a bad way, but uh, the rest of the week the defense is good. Also, the other teams just weren't playing well as well. Let's be honest here; they they're not playing well, uh, except for Utah. That was a quite a surprise. March the first, I wow, I I never saw that coming. Twenty seven point win in Utah, really? Uh, yeah, we'll take that. <laughs> I think we'll take that. I I think we can live with that one. <laughs> but. Um, a strong week. I predicted a two and two week, and then the Utah one is a nice, pleasant surprise. An upcoming week. Oh, oh, I don't like these games coming up very much, but we'll talk about that in the second segment again. But I'm going to make a point here that a lot of you probably aren't going to like. Some of you will like, some of you won't, but I'm starting to like the flow of this offense a little better without Zach Levine. Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> Zach Levine, well, you know, 
Nothing against him. I mean, it's nice to have him in there, and he's only a bonus at, at a bare minimum. But to me, it, these are the two best players. If you can only give a five-year contract, five-year max deal to two guys, and you can give a four-year max deal to a third person, Zach Levine's the third person here. I'm sorry, he is. These two guys have emerged as the best players on the team. And it's not just because of Zach's injury. It was already kind of happening during the course of time. I pray to God Zach Levine is willing to accept that. And you know what? If he can be a third guy and average 22 to 24 points a game and be a scorcher from beyond the arc, like he can be, that's great. As long as he doesn't have those wild games where he shoots you out of it and he's one from nine from three-point range. That, that's the concern always with the flow of the offense. And that's what I didn't like about Zach Levine in the past. But, of course, when he's on, it's great. He can get his 29 to 35 type point games, just like these boys. Um, but consistency is what we've been complaining about and it's a, and it's a youth thing and all that but these guys have now topped Kevin Garnett folks when it comes to consistency in the scoring department scoring department i understand Kevin Garnett is the best defender in the history of the Minnesota Timberwolves and there's no doubt about that um, best overall player yes but i think Carl's knocking on the door i i think he will be knocking on the door in a couple years in a few years he'll be knocking on that door they'll be saying this guy's probably better than Garnett I think Andrew Wiggins is more clutch than Garnett, without a doubt, because Garnett wasn't clutch. Carl Anthony Towns, when counted on late in games, can get it done too, and that's good. I, th- I think the future of the Timberwolves is extremely bright with these two guys leading the way. Um, again, I'm not saying get rid of Zach Levine, but uh, if somebody ends up leaving because they just they can't handle the fact that it's three stars on the club, well, let's just leave it to two, and you know how that tends to happen all the time? Hello, James Harden with Oklahoma City Thunder. And then it got worse with Kevin Durant being a little, you know what, and going to Golden State. A little cupcake, I guess, as we can can call it, to keep it clean for now. Um, It happens. I mean, Golden State, or excuse me, OKC had three stars, three legitimate superstars of the future. And if one guy leaves, it's probably Zach, probably. And it's not doom and gloom. It's just a reality check here. This kind of stuff happens in the NBA. You know, and I'll be satisfied with, if you can only keep two guys, I'll be very satisfied with Carl and Andrew. And you still got pieces along the way. You still got roster spots to fill with veterans. You know, I mean, uh, boy, if Gary Harris becomes available in the free agent market, I wouldn't mind bringing him in. Say, if we had to lose Zach Levine, and I don't want to lose him, by the way, but if we had to, and Gary Harris was available from Denver, I'd be knocking on that door immediately. Um, but you know, that's almost like the slogan for this show, knocking on the door, because these guys are knocking on the door offensively, boy, they're showing signs here. And we're also knocking on the door for the postseason. That, that will be the title of this episode. Sometimes it just comes to me, but, uh, it's just that damn Houston game. You know, it's just like, they just fell down a fiery pit for some reason, like Super Mario Brothers, maybe level one, four or whatever the fours are in Mario when, you know, when you're in the in the uh, the Bowser castles during the, the original Mario Brothers falling into the fire pit. That's pretty much what the Houston game was. It's just a joke. Just a joke. Ug- ugly, yet the offense showed up in a great way. Carl was phenomenal, but was pissed off afterward. So let's talk about the games a bit, even though it's, sometimes it's better to just analyze. You know, I mean, that's kind of what I do best, I suppose, when I talk basketball and even hockey on Brave the Wild. Do check that out. And Vikings, we're going to get to State of the Vikings coming up here. That's partially recorded because it's more of a project of a show than a weekly show. It's a project. State of the Vikings, State of the Timberwolves, those are projects. State of the Wild. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves defeat the Dallas Mavericks on February 24th, Friday, February the 24th, 97-84. A game where things are going well, and then there's a, it's a game of runs. The Wolves led most of the way. Dallas kind of got right back in there because of guys like Seth Curry. That's right, Seth, not Steph. Seth Curry. He's wearing number 30. He's got a little more facial hair than Steph Curry, his slightly older brother. And he shot like Steph Curry in the game. Uh, three, seven, overall 13 of 17, he made half of his threes. Didn't attempt as many threes as his older brother, but Jiminy Christmas, 31 points for Seth Curry. Um, good for him. I mean, he's, he's been improving the past few years, and I wouldn't want to be in the shadow of Steph Curry my whole life if I was his younger brother. That would not be fun. So good for him to kind of start making a name for himself there in Dallas. Uh, he's starting in place of other guys, I guess you could say. Uh, obviously, no more... Uh, Darren Williams, he's, he's gone now. He's gone to Cleveland. He was he was let go. J.J. Barea is inactive for whatever reason with injuries and such. And, you know, Devin Harris is back, which has been kind of okay, I guess. He's been all right during the course of time. He's been back with Dallas for a little while. Kind of a reunion in and out with the Mavericks. They've been kind of doing that. 
But um, nice to see the Wolves outperform this team in a big way. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki, very quiet in this one. And that's going to help the Wolves' cause. He was clanging shots. And again, that's another reason why the Wolves won uh, a lot of these games. Guys just weren't playing too hot. And take advantage of it. And play good defense. And the defense was sound in the game. Along with, again, the uh, Mavericks not shooting very well. 4 of 14 from Dirk. Ain't going to get it done. West Matthews, 2 of 9. Not going to get it done. Um, when the Mavericks beat the Wolves earlier in the season, on January the 15th, Wesley Matthews was a lot better than the first game when he only had two points back on Monday, Jan Jan 9. So, big difference there. The Wolves win the season series, a three-gamer, 2-1 two to one with the victory here. Good for them, good for us. Carl is exactly what I expected during the quarters of this week. The seven turnovers weren't pretty, but 26-18, and 18, and overall, just fun game by Carl. Just very aggressive, staying down low, didn't attempt a single three in the game. See, see, see what I'm saying? Is this not what you wanted? Is this not what you wanted when Carl Anthony Towns was drafted? Just staying down low, being aggressive, dunking that ball, receiving passes from Rubio, getting offensive boards, four or four of them in the game, 26 and 18. Is that not what you wanted from Mr. David Robinson, Carl Anthony Towns, David Robinson in 2017, you know, the modern version? You know, up, up, updated that iOS to whatever it is, 10 or whatever it is now. You know, it's just an updated version. You know, a little, a little extra features here and there because it's a little newer, but awesome. Um, extra features, maybe not as good in this, but better in that. You know, all that good stuff. Andrew Wiggins continuing that streak. This is when he officially tied Kevin Garnett with 27 points and he even got 7 rebounds to all your haters that say he doesn't do anything else and no I'm not complaining at Hank McCoy I agree on the defense it's the haters that think that's all he does is score well eh, you know yes he could rebound better and he did in this game and he had more opportunities to rebound as well with Dallas shooting 42% and only 24 from beyond the arc Seth Curry maybe should have attempted a few more threes in the game but that's okay that's fine that's fine with me go ahead (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sick of threes nonstop. Anyway, why do you think I hate the Warriors? A 5 of 13 for the Wolves, though. 33 attempts by Dallas. That's just what they've always been. It's annoying. Um, 52.6% for the Wolves. Just aggressive, staying down low, not going 8 bleep from downtown, and getting uh, 12 of 18 from uh, Carl. Andrew Wiggins aggressive enough in 27-point performance. Tyus Jones, 11 points off the bench. So fun to watch. Always making nice little lobs to either the Andrew Wiggins, the Shabazz Muhammad's of the world, or Carl Anthony Towns. Always recipients. And Rubio, again, can't go without mentioning his 14 assist performance and three steals as well, making up for the three turnovers in the game. Love what Rubio brings uh, with with the passing and stuff. When you have and stuff, yeah, when you have scores like this, Rubio is a good point guard for this team. So, yeah, I'm not a Rubio hater. I'm not, a, I'm not one of the religious Rubio lovers, though, out there on the Facebook pages. I'm sorry, I'm not one of you. I'm, I, you know... You know, this is not a Kool-Aid show. It's just not. You know, you you want the blue raspberry with a little lime mixed in. Good, good, good on you. But that's just not what I'm going to bring. That's not what I'm about. That's not what I'm about. Let's let's just be objective, honest, and analytical rather than Rubio, Rubio, Rubio. Oh, oh, oh Car Kevin Garnett's God roll red carpet. He could say f you to every every fan and every owner in the NBA. But oh, Kevin Garnett's still God though. No, no, no. Nobody, nobody, only God's God at the end of the day here. Doggone it. Sorry for getting a little religious on you there. 142-130, Saturday, February the 25th. You thought the Wolves would be out of energy coming in this one? (laughs) Did you think so? Yeah. This was the ugliest... (laughs) I'm about to get explicit label. This is the ugliest Mickey frickin' fill-in-the-blanks. First quarter and rest of the game I've, I've ever seen. You know, I mean, I mean, how many easy shots can you miss? You know what I'm saying? And then, and then Houston was missing easy shots. But then it was just, it was like an all-star game on crack. I mean, that's what this was. I mean, okay, you're open. Oh, it bounced out. I mean, how many easy shots did Carl miss? Yet, amazingly, it was still 16 to 24 for the game. And his stats are just... Off the charts. Andrew and Carl, 30-30 in the game for both of them. 37 Carl, 30 for Andrew Wiggins. Continuing their hot streaks, rolling out there. Brandon Rush is terrible! <laughs> yeah, it was 32 minutes and nothing. And unfortunately, this is what he's becoming now, that he's forced into a role that, well, he's not a starter, but a little bit of minutes off the bench, or if he's going to start limited, like maybe 18 to 20-ish. 33 minutes from Brandon Rush and zero points. Just terrible. Um, missed everything. 0-5. You know, I, and I, I don't know, the old damaged goods thing. So a, a lot of us want Zach maybe coming off the bench in, in, uh, 
in the stead of uh, Brandon Rush starting at the beginning. The old uh, Thabo Sefaloja and James Harden bit there. Well, okay, yeah, but um, of course, Zach being out, you got to have Thabo Sefaloja in there the whole game, and you're not getting a whole lot. And Brandon Rush isn't as athletic as Thabo Sefaloja post-ACL, so... Yeah, post-ACL in uh, Brendan Rush's case. Uh, knock on wood for Thabo. We don't want that to happen to your brother. Um, you know, statistically, things look so nice, don't they? I mean, Gorgie with a nice little double-double. You just look at the box score, you think, what a nice game, you know? Fun. No, this was not fun. This is ugly, Mickey frickin' crap. So, uh, and the 23 turnovers are, are a telling stat if you want to go statistics in this game. But the defense was horrendous. I mean, just just shoot threes. It was an all-star game on crack. Again, you got easy open shots you're missing. Okay, now you're starting to make them. Now you're getting these aggressive putbacks. Nine offensive rebounds by Carl. 22 total rebounds for for uh, uh, Bill Russell on the on the in, in in the rebounding category. Carl Anthony Towns, but defensively he wasn't Bill Russell at all. He was he was a freaking uh, I don't know I don't I don't even know what to compare him to. Um, mm. Not good defense in this game by anybody. Anybody. This is everybody in this game is is, is going to get a, a a a red red mark on their on their name for this game defensively. This was bleep, man. This was all bleeps in the world. Tyus Jones, another six assist performance. Recipients of lobs: Andrew Wiggins, Carl, and again Shabazz getting eleven. He only had five in the game versus Dallas, but two spectacular plays. From Tyus Jones to him, though, uh, sure Shabazz, he managed to only get five, but four of those points were great, uh, great uh, alley-oops. And Shabazz looking a little bit like James Worthy on the fast break out there. You know, seriously, recipient of some nice passes and being fast and running that floor and putting that ball in the basket. Again, a la James Worthy from the old days. This was a chippy, BS, crappy game. I mean, it really was. I hated it. I mean, no defense whatsoever. Inside, outside, it didn't matter. 58 three-point attempts by the Houston Rockets. Are you serious? That's too much. 58 three-point attempts? Is that basketball again, or is that an all-star game on crack? I'll go with the all-star game on crack. I mean, this is crack cocaine. And I wouldn't know what it feels like, because I'm not going to try it ever. But... This is crack cocaine. I mean, seriously. Like, where are the pink elephants? Like, where... I mean, what the hell was this? Like, oh my God. <laughs> Worst defense I've ever seen. Um, and again, just put the freaking ball in the basket. Just, you know, the Wolves shot 52%, which is extraordinary, ultimately. But again, so many easy shots. They could have shot 65% in the game. That's what drives me nuts. <laughs> seriously. I mean, you miss the easiest shots in the world. You managed to score 72 points in the second half and you still lose by 12. You still get you know, 130 points and you still lose by 12. <laughs> yeah, well, Carl played great and it was fun to watch, but Carl said it don't mean nothing at the end of the day. And yes, um, he was irate and he went to the weight room and, and good on him. Way to play, uh, I don't know, it's just... I don't know. Play better defense, and the Wolves do play much better defense in the next couple games. We can get off that one and enjoy the fun, but I had to get off that off my chest. Pardon me. Monday, Feb 27. Let's wrap up the month of February in Sacto, where DeMarcus Boogie Cousins, I haven't talked about it yet. No, the trade deadline, of course, Ricky Rubio's still here, and the Wolves did nothing, and there was all these Derrick Rose trade ideas, and Derrick Rose is damaged goods. He sucks. He's nobody anymore. Okay, he's adequate. But, again, it would have been an expiring contract bit, and what's the point of that, I guess? And Rubio's been playing well, and, and I don't know, and Chris Dunn's not being that good, but then again, at the same time, I wouldn't mind seeing Tyus and Dunn together. But then again, they, they play together, and it's kind of fun to watch. So, that's the cool part. At least Tyus Jones is getting minutes, and every single night, you're seeing solid play. You, I mean, he's not going to hurt you at all. He's actually helping. He is a He is the kind of guy who brings positive energy to the floor, even in a game when they shot 2 of 8 against the Sacramento Kings. Again, final score, 102-88, Monday, Feb 27. Six, five, five more assists. Shabazz Muhammad, recipient again along the way. Solid overall performance by Tyus Jones off the bench at 6 points in 27 and a half minutes or so. Chris Dunn, quiet most of the week, but not that bad. Just a little bit quieter, but still fun to watch with Tyus Jones out there. I I like that cute little backcourt, and I don't mean that in a now, don't take that too seriously either, the cute little backcourt. But it's a nice it's a nice little idea there. Um, Nemanja with a nice double-double in the game. Shot like garbage. The guy's still a freaking mess and a travesty. But he did get a double-double. And he's a, good, he's a good rebounder for what he is, a stretch four. 10 points, 12 rebounds in the game. 
Um, not sure what happened with Gorgi in this one. Couldn't make anything. I don't know if he wasn't feeling well, and that may have something to do with it, and that's maybe why uh, Nemanja was in there so long. But again, 4 of 15 from the floor. That ain't going to get it done. And eight three-point attempts, only two made for Nemanja. Bialica, belly, as a lot of us like to say. He's he's a mess and a travesty, but still, I don't know. He was all right, and it was nice to see him get uh, play out there post, uh, post-trade post deadline and all that good stuff. I mean, good for him. Good for him. <laughs> no trade taking place and all that. Um, that was the talk that the Knicks wanted Bilica to go along with Rubio. And oh Well, I mean, I, I don't know if you really wanted to trade Rubio. I don't think losing Bilica would have killed us. I mean, I, I don't think so. I mean, and the talk is the Wolves were, talk, were looking at Terrence Jones and they didn't get him and they didn't bring in... Uh, Larry Sanders, there are options out there if you want to make a move on a big man and of course Jordan Hill and I guess they just don't like Jordan Hill and he's not been the same guy I don't know, I to this day don't know what's going on there uh, Carl again, another strong double-double, another aggressive game, I mean this is the Carl Anthony Towns it's so fun to watch when he's so aggressive down low and he's getting those offensive boards and dunking that sucker in there so fun to watch and he's been doing it the whole month here, the whole month and a half, Andrew Wiggins another 27 points again Continuing the streak, this is the game where he officially became the first guy in Wolves history to have 17 consecutive games of 20-plus points. New franchise record. Congratulations, Carl, at 15 here at this stage, catching up to Kevin Garnett. (laughs) It's pretty amazing, the offensive uh, output you're seeing from these young men. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, over the course of February, 28.8 points a game. Uh, Before that, he was 22 in January, but you're going to see continued progression with Carl Anthony Towns during the course of the season. Uh, in January, he averaged 25.4 in 15 games, and in February, 28.4. Just crazy. The guy's just emerging into his superstar status. It's unbelievable. Um, but it's really happening, and the fact that he didn't make the All-Star game, and yet Pau Gasol did, it's like, okay. Um, eventually, the whole reputation thing is getting kind of ridiculous. Like, some guys should just, just, he needs to be in the All-Star game. Like, are you dumb? <laughs> Seriously, he needs to be in the All-Star game. But um, fun little performance. Yeah, the Sacramento Kings are kind of messed up now. Uh, uh, Vlade Divac made a dumb statement. It sounds like they just really wanted to get rid of Boogie Collinsons, and they really like Buddy healed, healed and whole. He's healed and whole. Oh, he's trying to heal the franchise. Buddy healed. Oh, you guys are healed. The Kings are healed now because Buddy healed is there. So um, he's the next Steph Curry. Uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I, I don't know. Uh, it, it took Curry a little while. And speaking of Curry in the 2009 draft, Tyreek Evans is back there too, which is kind of funny. Didn't quite get the five three-pointers from Anthony Tolliver this time. In fact, he didn't even score. That's funny. Just a Nemanja Bielitsa type of game. Normally, Nemanja could beat the crap out of Anthony Tolliver in this game, which is quite funny. That's funny. <laughs> but Tyreek Evans, interesting to see him back in that purple and, and silver, whatever the heck colors they were, black and all that. Um, Costa Kufo's former Timberwolf, Ben McLemore, continuing to be a meh, you know, draft back. Collie Steins, okay. He looks like a goofball, but he's okay. No, he's not that bad. I'm just kidding. He, he kind of looks like Derek Williams. That's probably what I don't like about him. I mean, he looks too much like Derek Williams to me, but <laughs> it's just a bad memory. Willie Collie Stein, WCS. That doesn't, that's uh, not that good. Willie Collie Stein, though, another three named Kentucky Wildcat, being a wild son of a gun, getting outplayed by his former teammate. Um, well, I don't know. He's kind of left on his own there, and he's not a star, and there is no star on this team. And if you think Buddy Hield is your star, I don't know, Vlade. I don't know, Vlade and, and at Sacramento. You might as well move to Seattle and had a totally different group, totally different ownership, total different uh, uh, general managers, all that. This this team, you know, I don't know. The only thing I like is the fact that they have that, the old logo in center court. Sure, you got the new colors with purple, which looks fine. Um, but you got the old logo with the purple. That's cool. That's a nice little change they made the last couple of years here with the new ownership. But mm, other than that, that's the best thing they've done, to be quite honest. This is uh, a, a, a travesty of a franchise, and despite the fact they have 25 wins. But again, when you have uh, when you have Boogie Cousins, who is an out-of-control imbecile, averaging about 30 points a game, of course you're going to win 25, 25 games or so. So... <laughs> Wolves' success rate at Sacramento has been pretty good. Sure, we lost October 29 way, way back, and it was just frustrating. And it is what it is. And it's the first win of the season against Sacramento. And again, four points, three points, four points, three points over the course of this season. 
Minnesota finally getting one. Hopefully they can tie the season series on April the 1st. They'll finish the season with a split. It is what it is. This was not a very exciting game necessarily, but still fun to watch our boys. Carl and Andrew Wiggins play great. And then Wednesday, March the 1st, uh, we're going to lose. It's Utah. They're first place in the division. They're strong. Their defense. We never beat these guys. I hate them. God. And the Wolves win by 27. I mean, that was fun, wasn't it? I mean, wasn't that fun? Wasn't that fun? Did, did you enjoy it? Because I did. Yeah, that's fun. Um, 107.80. Utah struggled most of the way. And, you know, it's not like Utah did a, did a Popovich in this one. Sure, Rodney Hood is a valuable guy, but he's not that good. Utah shot poorly, and we were, well, you know, we took advantage of it. I mean, you look at their whole their whole box score. Like, wow, that's it? Just three guys made double figures in this game? I mean, Rudy Gobert didn't even get the double-digit rebounds in the game. Really? Rudy Gobert, only two blocks. Okay, only. That's still good. Their leading score was Dante Exum. <laughs> Dante Exum is your leading scorer in this game. You're not gonna win. No, uh-uh. You got other favors. You got you got Gordon Howard. You got Rudy Gobert. George Hill, who always torches the Wolves. Two points. Two points for George Hill. Two. Yeah, just two. Joe Johnson, old and and rich and meh. You know. Yeah, six points off the bench. Whatever. You know, Joe Johnson. Whatever, man. <laughs> Fun. Um, not not a fun game to watch, again, no. And, you know, when a team shoots, I mean, but it's still beautiful to come out for the win in this one. Only 4 of 19 from 3 for Utah, just a, just an overall meh game. And the Wolves shot 50% overall from 3 and from downtown. They made their free throws as well. Fun little game. Andrew Wiggins and Carl, the energy level not as high in this game because it just was that it was just that kind of night, kind of a defensive like okay I missed and then we'll come back this way and then oh this guy missed and all that, but uh, Belitza getting another double double Shabazz Muhammad recipient of some more lobs and 18 points off the bench Shabazz Muhammad again doing a little James Worthy as a sixth man for the Wolves he's been just wonderful in that case um, Carl and Andrew barely getting to 20 but they did get there and the franchise record continues Rubio solid in the game not great but solid. Solid, very solid. Carl, another 15 rebounds in the game. 21 for him, 20 for Andrew. Again, a quiet overall performance. Cool to see in the mind you get another double-double, which is surprising. But Gorgie, I swear, yeah, I think he's not feeling good or something. Like, something's not all there, and that's why is getting a lot more minutes. Um, he wasn't great, but he was good. He was solid. And the one thing about Nemanja Bielitsa that's very underrated, and i got to say this, is his passing. His passing skills are fantastic for what he is. A stretch four, you don't really think about passing with your stretch fours as much. Usually you think catch and shoot, and maybe maybe he can hopefully get some rebounds and some athleticism here and there. But no, five assists, and, and it's not just that number. It's the, the quality of his passes. Not just in this game, but all season. I mean, all season, his passing has been good. Um, once in a while, yeah, he'll make a stupid decision, and he'll get a turnover, which is going to happen. But... When he does get assists, there's some serious quality stuff, which can really, really raise the, you know, the good juices, we'll say it, for the for the club. And I mean, I don't mean, okay, that was a bad line, but <laughs> raise the chemicals, the positive chemicals in your brain if we want to be all, you know, psychological about it. But that, that that's what uh, plays like that do for a guy, with a guy like Bill Eats, making the nice passes, the nice assists that he does make along the way. Um just setting people up nicely, and, and I'll never forget that beautiful pass he made after the save earlier in the season, and then Chris Dunn finished it to uh, um, Shabazz Muhammad. It was a it, it was a hockey assist. It was a hockey assist. It didn't even count as an assist in the stat sheet, but it was just an unbelievable pass to uh, Chris Dunn, who then again lobbed her up to Shabazz Muhammad. It was like a beautiful play in the NHL, where a guy makes a great pass, and then the other guy passes for the goal. Awesome play, Nemanja Bialica, and I, I, I like what he brings in that case. He's a mess, but at the same time, he's a skilled he's a skilled guy, and I, I got to give him credit for it. Uh, absolutely, but uh, nice, solid defense in the game. Again, Utah, was it Utah shooting poorly, or was it the Wolves' defense? It's a little bit of both, and it's nice. And you know what? Good on you, keeping these clubs to 80 points. See, when you consistently keep these clubs under 90 points, three out of four games, that's pretty good. And does it make up for the giving up 140? 
Yes, no. Yes, no. <laughs> Just don't give up 140. That's all. Maybe maybe 120 or 111 or something. Because Houston's going to score, and they're the number three seed in the Western Conference, and they're they have a chance to make a nice playoff run this year if they keep it up. But uh, still, that was a freaking horrible game to watch. There it is. Nice fun week. Uh, Alva Wolf, Carl Anthony Towns with a bullet. Andrew Wiggins, kind of a distant honorable mention, but still, we got to say, 19 consecutive 20-point games deserves recognition. I mean, that deserves an extended recognition. You know, for you know, seriously, that's good. And consistency is what we've been crying for from Andrew Wiggins. And that's consistency, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Um, he's brought enough energy to at least score 20 points. And that's good. 20 points is a nice number. It's a nice number. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not 30. And no, no, nobody's going to score 30 points every night, even the best. You know, the best players in the league aren't going to score 30 points every night. But to get 20 as often as he has, that deserves some serious recognition. And I'm very appreciative of it because you saw those 10-point games you saw 15, 14-point games all the time from Andrew Wiggins in the past, and now you're seeing something really nice. So that deserves a very strong honorable mention. As for the Johnny Flynn Memorial, I'm just going to go with the whole Houston game, the defense. Everybody gets it for that game. Uh, other than that, I'm not really going to be coming on here and talking bad about anybody. I mean, Belitza was kind of a mess, but he made up for it. Double-doubles and, and this and that. Tyus Jones is never going to get a Johnny Flynn Memorial on this show. I don't think so, and that's not because I'm a homer. It's because he's just he doesn't he doesn't lay an egg out there. And Chris Dunn was okay. He's you know limited minutes and all that. I don't know. I mean, I think he's going to keep getting better, and I'm hoping for the best. And you do see signs, and his defense is very good, which does not show up on the stat sheet. Occasional steals here and there, but again, other than that, it doesn't show up. His man-on-man defense is good enough to warrant at least 20 minutes a game right now, and that's what he's been getting. So good. Good on you. Long first segment, lot to talk about, four games, lots of fun, lots of frustration in that Houston game, but a uh, nice overall week. So we'll be back to preview some games right after this. Well, consistency is what we've been looking for, and we're getting a little bit of it, finally. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two, the preview segment. We have three games to preview, Spurs, Blazers, and Clippers. Oh, goody. Well, Western Conference foes, all definitely ahead of us in the standings, but, uh, you know, maybe we can catch up to Portland. Maybe, maybe. That would be nice. Um, Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) I think we can. It's just the first one's a little bit scary, I'd have to say. Saturday, March the 4th, the last time Andrew Wiggins failed to score 20 points. In fact, he... Had a hell of a time doing it. Only 10 points against Kawhi Leonard. Jimmy Butler also has uh, always struggled against Kawhi Leonard all season. So, yeah, p- people don't score 20 points against Kawhi Leonard very often. And if Andrew Wiggins can pull that off, boy, oh boy. Please, yeah, please, please, by all means, get her done, buddy. Get her done. The last two uh, games against the San Antonio Spurs this season were won by the Spurs. 105-91 on December the 6th and 122-114 on Jan. 17. Again, the last time Wiggins failed to score 20 points, only got 10, yet the Wolves managed to score 114. Kind of a fun game, but kind of not a fun game. You know, it's just one of those. And we wrap up the season series on Tuesday, March the 24th. Again, Saturday, March the 4th is the Spurs. Yep, we all know them. We all know. We know them well and all that. Kawhi Leonard, I think, is probably the best player in the league right now. His points have dropped a little bit, but not that much. And this is like a dream of what we'd like to see Andrew Wiggins become. 26 points, about 6 rebounds, 3.5 assists, almost 2 steals, and then, of course, being the best defender in the league. I mean, the best defender in the league. The Spurs have been playing absolutely fantastic ball of late. They had a four-game Road trip, they won all of them against Indiana, Orlando, you know, the, you know Indy, beating Indiana's good, Orlando not such a big accomplishment, because it's not, and then the LA stop, <clears throat> the Staples the Staples duo, of course, with the Clippers and Lakers, took care of business there, and they beat the Pacers again, by only one point at home, interesting, nice effort by the Pacers, they'll play the Pelicans on March the 3rd, so there will be a back-to-back situation for the Spurs, take advantage of it, Minnesota, <laughs> that's all I can say there. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, I don't know about this play. I really don't know if you should go to the play on this one, Mrs. Lincoln. I, I don't know about it. Um, I've never been impressed with LaMarcus Aldrich. Never. I mean, I got, you know, it's just, 
I've called him a below average rebounder, and people always, you know, people smart off back at me. 7.4 rebounds a game. I mean, you know, sometimes I'm not just some blowhard coming on the microphone. You know, sometimes, yeah, I know. I know I don't need to defend myself that much and get all defensive, but at the same time, come on, just just look. just You just have to look. I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot to do that. It, so he had some good games in rebounding, but that doesn't mean consistently he's a good rebounder. So I don't know. I rest my case on that. Paul Gasol, you know, he's been a veteran. He's been around for a while. Really, the only guy on the injury report at this stage is Tony Parker with a sore knee, and it seems like he's been oft injured the last couple of years. He's missed a good number of games already this year. He's missed 10 games this season. Paul Gasol has missed 13 games this season during the All-Star break and such. His numbers aren't that special, but he still tends to show up every single night. He's always good. It's not about stats at this point with this Spurs team. Like Nobody's really got great stats except for Kawhi Leonard. Everyone else kind of just kind of working together, hoping for the best. Mono Ginobili got to think he's on his last leg, and we thought he was about three, four years ago, back in 2013 when the Spurs got beat in seven games, and he's still freaking playing all these years later. This is the last year of his little two-year ditty after the uh, NBA title, so we'll see what happens with Mono Ginobili. Um... It's actually, no, he did get a one-year extension. Pardon me. He went through the two years and then signed one more year. And I do believe, yeah, this is his last season. Still managing to shoot 40% from three-point range. Paul Gasol has hit 52%. Doesn't shoot him that often, but he does make him when he does. It's just they're well-timed threes. That's what I'd like from Carl Anthony Towns if he's going to shoot threes. Just make them well-timed, and i got to think that percentage will go up. And luckily, he has been limiting the three-point attempts. The Spurs just kind of are what they are. Uh, Danny Green's role has been has been reduced over the course of the last couple of years. He's at 40% from three-point range as well. Even LaMarcus Aldridge makes a couple threes here and there, even though he attempts only .3 a game. So it's not going to hurt. .7 a game, not very often. Ah, uh, man. I don't know. The odds of the Wolves winning this game, very slim. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is going to have to surprise some people and have a big game against Kawhi Leonard. I'm not counting on it. I'm not. Just please at least get to 20. Keep that streak going. It'd be great. 20 for 20, you know what I mean? Get get at least 20, and then you have 20 in a row. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, if he can pass Kevin Garnett, uh, it would be great. I think he will. I, I think Carl's going to get 20. I kind of think he's the key guy, and he's been the key guy during the course of this year against the Spurs. I expect a big game from Carl, 25 and 15-ish type of performance. I'm not, I'm not going to come out here and talk about 35. I don't know about that against this defensive juggernaut. But Andrew, please hopefully get to 20. I hope so. And that would be an accomplishment. And if he's able to get to 20 to 25, and then Carl can do his 25-ish, and you get some, you know, somebody else, somebody else like a Shabazz Muhammad is able to break loose, and we've liked the chemistry with him, and, and uh, of course, Rubio, and and uh, Tyus Jones has been a nice little little combination there. Again, you know, streaking to the basket, cutting to the hoop, and getting these dunks. You know, if, if he can perform well, who knows? Maybe the Wolves can win the game. But, again, not counting on it. I expect Kawhi Leonard to do what he does, score about 30 points and shut down his opponent, which is Andrew Wiggins, to a, to a good point. And the Spurs will win comfortably by, again, this is in San Antonio, by the way. I expect them to win comfortably by a score of, hmm, uh, I, I hate saying it, like 120 to 108. It's going to be something like that. But you'll see a good performance from Carl, and hopefully Wiggins will be better than he's been so far this season. Let's move on, shall we? Portland Trailblazers. The Wolves will host the Portland Trailblazers. Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> Fifth place in the Northwest. Actually, the Wolves have passed Portland uh, by three per- by 0.03 percentage points at this stage because the Blazers have two less games than the Timberwolves. They've lost one one less game and they've won one less game. So it's kind of a little statistical anomaly. Blazers again. They call it two games in hand, I suppose, in the NHL. Nice little surge by the Wolves. So they have passed Portland. It's like I did. I, I knew they were right there, but I, wow, they actually passed them. So good on us there. <laughs> we know a lot of these players as well. Damian Lillard and Nurkic starting off fairly well with his club as well. The former Denver Nugget. He's averaging about 14 points and nine rebounds a game and four assists. Nice little passing big man. Three, uh, almost two steals and two blocks so far with the Blazers. Yet they've still only won one out of their last five, and it was only against Atlanta. I mean, they got beat by Detroit and Toronto, Utah, and Atlanta. Just creamed by Utah on February the 15th. So, I don't know. They're depressed after they're getting stood up by their girlfriend, I guess. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard definitely have been the Wolves... Uh, yeah, they've, they've been the death of the Wolves so far this season. Unfortunately, uh, McCollum just torched us last time around. We thought we were going to win that game, and it looked like we were. But then McCollum just started going off, and man, he is a son of a biscuit, isn't he? Almost 42% from three-point range. 
Alan Crabb, whoever that is, right? No, <laughs> averaging about 45%, 43% also. Lots of good three-point shooters on this club. Damian Lillard, the percentage isn't that high, but that guy can go off for points. And remember, he missed the game last time around. And McCollum just went off. I mean, just went off. And it made us sick. It was only the first of, th- of four perf- uh, four games in this series. Blazers won by six last time around, 95-89. And Jan, the first, it was a New Year's Day massacre uh, performed by C.J. McCollum. He did get into the 40 range. It's just unbelievable. You're going to have to hope again for a nice performance. I, I, I do believe Andrew Wiggins will show up for this one. He always plays well against the Blazers. Carl Anthony Towns had only 11 points in this game, and I Man, that was that was a tough little go for the Wolves around that around that time. Zach Levine shot poorly. Ricky Rubio couldn't do anything. I mean, that was back when Rubio wasn't playing well. It was sad. Chris Dunn had a nice strong game. It was mostly Wiggins, and then freaking McCollum went out for forty three in a low scoring effort. Neither team shot particularly well, but McCollum made up for it when it came to the Blazers. They shot they they ended up as a team shooting just under fifty percent, which is shocking. But it's all because of McCollum just scorching the net. Wolves only shot forty percent. That's not going to get it done. You're going to have to expect a better performance at home against the Blazers, and I will pick a Wolves victory against the Blazers. I think Andrew Wiggins will get twenty. Will get in the upper 20s in the game. He's the key guy this time around. Carl's the key guy against the Spurs like he always is, but again, the X factor will be Wiggins against the Spurs. You know, if he can show up against Wiggins, that'll, or excuse me, if he can show up against Kawhi Leonard, that'll make a huge difference. Uh, Wiggins will definitely be the highest scorer in this game, though, unless Carl just flat out goes off. I remember how sick I was, how Carl only managed to get 11 points against that mediocre front line, and now it's gotten a little better with Nurkic. It's going to be kind of fun to watch him. And, you know, Nurkic gave Carl a little problems in Denver in the past. Last time around, Carl went ape crap against Denver without Nurkic there because Plumlee had taken over. So we'll see what happens here. Um, I think the Wolves will win the game, though. We're going to go with 100 to 92. Nice, comfortable win for the Wolves. Eight-point victory. Andrew Wiggins, upper 20s, 28. Maybe even get to 31, 33-ish. But I'll go with 28 at this point. And the Wolves will win the game. Definitely a key factor. Always plays well against the Portland Trailblazers. Just hope and pray to God we can contain this backcourt by Portland. They will definitely be the doom of the Wolves in this game if they go off. If, if they combine for like 50 points and the odds of that are kind of high, um, the Blazers definitely will be in the game. And if they go off for anything more than that, boy, uh, we're screwed, I, I think. It's a deadly, deadly duo in that backcourt. It hasn't won them a ton of games this year, but it certainly has won games against the Wolves. So at this stage, I will pick a Wolves victory. I think they'll play better. I think they took that last game personally, and I hope they did. Carl will rebound and get to 20 points. He's going to keep his streak going. I think he'll get to 18 at this point. Hopefully Wiggins' streak won't be over. And if he can survive the Spurs game, he will he will eclipse the 20-point mark against the Portland Trailblazers and the Clippers, in my humble opinion. I expect a strong performance against those Clippers later in the week here. And we head into that one right now. Wednesday, March the 8th. Wednesday, March the 8th, my brother's birthday. Yes, sir, 39 years old. Can you believe that? We're getting old, boy. Us Gen Xers are not young anymore, are we? We're in our mid-30s and all that good stuff. (laughs) Low low to mid to late to 30s, all the way up into the 40s and all that. We're not getting any younger. (laughs) The Clippers. The Clippers are coming to town. The Minnesota Timberwolves host the Clippers. Hopefully the Wolves can win this one. Clippers, who were looked on as the like the at the beginning of the season, oh, they're the hottest team in the league. Not so much lately. And Houston put them in their place most recently on March the first, one twenty-two to one hundred three in Houston. Just or excuse me, in Staples Center. That's embarrassing. So again, Clippers not the team they were starting off the season. When everybody's like saying, oh, they're the best team in the league right now. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. We lost to them. And again, I hate to brag. I hate to sound like Mister Know It All. But then again, who's the one sounding like Mr. Know-It-All here? Like, cutting me down when I'm getting ticked off about losing to them in that game. And it's not because... Now, this was back on November the 12th when the Wolves the wolves just got dismantled by that club that night. 119, 109, 105, pardon me. But with the way that person came off on me, like, basically, like, I'm an idiot for not being happy with the Wolves' performance. Hey, man, come on. I mean... They're the Clippers. You have to understand they're the Clippers. Maybe they were the hottest team in the league, but don't come off and say they're going to be like another top two teams in the NBA the rest of the season. The Spurs, hello, the Spurs, and the Warriors, yeah. But but again, but again, they said top two. Uh, Cleveland, hello. Do, do you think the Cavaliers still count? And, and look at Houston. I think Houston put the Clippers in their place just recently, and they're probably going to be a higher seed in the postseason. I would definitely not be shocked there at all. They're going to maintain that third seed the rest of the year, as far as I'm concerned. 
don't know about catching the Spurs. And again, the Clippers also got beat pretty good by the Spurs as well during the same week. Ah, they beat Charlotte. Woohoo. And Atlanta. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Blake Griffin, all that good stuff. The oft-injured Blake Griffin. He's missed about 20 games this year. He's always hurt. Is he hurt again? Well, they better hope not. And as of right now, there's nobody on the injured uh, on, the, on the injury report, so good on them. You're going to get a full full crew here when it comes to the Clippers. Chris Paul's finally healthy. Like, he's always hurt as well. But they are all healthy. I, I don't know. Um, I'd like the Wolves to win this game, but I can't really pick that at this point. I mean, last time around, the Wolves did beat the Clippers, 104-101. That was a fun little game on Jan the 19th. I appreciated it. This this will be the this is the rubber match. The winner of this game wins the series. Carl Anthony Towns exploded. He had one of those thirty-seven point type efforts, and I expect and and Wiggins had a twenty-seven point game as well. This is when Wiggins' streak had already started. Of course, no surprise there. And Carl's was getting started, I believe, right around this time. Um, I, I I see Carl being the key guy again. I see Carl being the key player in this game. He always plays pretty well against the Clippers, but Wiggins also I think will have a strong game. Carl will be the main star, in my humble opinion. And look, Richard Mamute, that guy is a thorn in our side, but he's he's done so well with the Clippers, hasn't he? Really, though, the main guy that's killed us every single time we play the Clippers is stricken DeAndre Jordan. God! Um, him missing those key free throws in that game, though, helped us, though. 5 of 12 from three uh, from the free throw line, the old hack of Jordan. As there's always hack of somebody out there. Raymond Felton not been doing so good to the Clippers over the course of this year, but now you got Chris Paul back and you got Mr. Blake Griffin back. I think the Clippers will win the rubber match. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to pick a one in two week, but I think I have to go with that. It's a tough schedule. The Wolves usually don't play too well against this club. And again, no Blake Griffin, which isn't always the end of the world for them, but no Chris Paul or Blake Griffin last time around. And the Wolves only won by three. Um, and DeAndre Jordan, again, always a pain in the ass to deal with. Austin Rivers is a little punk. I, I think everybody hates him, and it was nice to see him foul out in that game. They actually put him at small at small forward, which is pretty crazy considering he's a point guard. Um, J.J. Redick even didn't have a good game, only one of three from three-point range. He was not aggressive. He wasn't very good the whole night, but we'll take it. Strong defense by whoever, basically, in that game. Wiggins and, and others, but mostly Redick just was kind of off his game in that one. <coughs> Pardon me. I think the Clippers win, though, unfortunately. I'm going to go with the final score. Clippers 110, Minnesota 100. 100 even or 102. Let's go with 100 even. Clippers will win by 10 points over the Wolves, but if they are to win, again, it'll be Carl Anthony Towns having one of those huge games. He had 37 and 12, but it's going to take something like 37 and 15-ish He's going to need to get some, some a, a lot of rebounds. He's going to need to outplay DeAndre Jordan majorly. Uh, he outplayed him in that game, but at the same time, it took a little bit more attempts and all that from Carl Anthony Thomas to do it. Though both of them, of course, very excellent field goal percentage. DeAndre Jordan, 12 of 15, though, and that that's the thing. I mean, if they kept feeding him down low, who knows, the Clippers might have won that game. But luckily, the hack of Jordan kind of took over, and that's one of the reasons why the field goal percentage went down. And it may come to that if it's a close game. But at this stage, I think the Clippers win 110-100. It's not the best matchup in the world, and they will put points on the board like they did back in, back in early November. So that's going to be the week for the Wolves. One and two, unfortunately. And hopefully from there, things can improve. The schedule gets a little tougher again as the Wolves play. We'll play the Golden State Warriors going into the next week, unfortunately. But then you get games against the Bucks and such. So, eh, you know, you start off really tough, and then it gets a little better. So we'll just kind of have to go from there. We're just going to have to let it bounce, let, let the ball bounce, so to speak, as it does. With that, we'll, we'll end this, come back for some fan interaction, and talk to you guys out there. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, fan interaction, Facebook, Twitter, and I wish there was an audio submission or a call, but not this time around, unfortunately. Hope everything's going okay with today. Haven't heard from him a whole lot the past couple of weeks. Hope everything's going okay. Must have got busy. Hope he's feeling well. Sometimes people just get sick. I know Vince and Hank have been sick as well. The Courtside Podcast. Love you guys out there, the Courtside. Yeah, we'll continue to give you shout-outs during the course of this show. 
Tanae and Levi Wilson-Brown out there in New Zealand. Thank you so much to uh, Levi for retweeting the last episode. Yep, Vince, Hank, have not been doing well, have not been feeling well. That's why you haven't seen the Courtside podcast as, as of late, so it just kind of is what it is, unfortunately. Sometimes people just don't feel good. Uh, Vince Germano, at Vinrock44, at Vinrock44 of the Courtside podcast, does indeed send me uh, Thib's comments about uh, how they did not make any big moves since he took the job last spring. Yeah, absolutely no moves. There was no major move last summer and no move during the season here as well. Uh, the trade deadline and all that. Uh, his quote is, when you come in and you have a young team until you're with them every day, you really don't know them. You have an idea what what they're like when you're competing against them, but you don't know their makeup. So I think being here and working with them every day, it gives me a much better understanding of them and also what our needs are going forward. So the important thing was last year with the cap space to not to not to misuse it, to position ourselves well going forward, and you're making your decisions to have a broad view of where you'd like to go and how we can get there. Yeah, um, yeah, well thought out because well, you got three players on this team that are gonna demand a very large contract. Two guys, you have two guys. At least two out of three are gonna get the five-year maximum. And one of them will get the four-year maximum if he doesn't get pissed off and try to bolt. Talk is that with uh, Zach Levine, you just may end up doing the whole tender deal where you let him go as be a restricted free agent. And if somebody tries to get him a big offer or whatever, you can just match it. And it is what it is there. So the Wolves may go that route with uh, Zach Levine. But I do expect to see uh, Andrew sign a five-year extension in the summer. Five-year max. And then Carl as well in the following summer because he's a year after Zach and Mr. Uh, Andrew Wiggins. So it, it is what it is. Uh, Zach Levine, you'll probably, again, it'll probably be Andrew Wiggins this summer and a decision he's made on Shabazz Muhammad as well. So, yep, he's up for the whole tender deal at this point. Um, so it, it just kind of is what it is with those. Uh, <laughs> we're going to probably go that direction with Zach unless uh, unless they strike a deal early for, for that four-year max. We'll see what happens. But more than likely, that's where we're headed. It'll be Zach and Carl the next summer. Not this one, but the next following summer as we head into that. Uh, Vince Germano showing a nice view from Melbourne, Australia there. He's saying the views are so good, you'll they'll leave you lost for real words. WanderVictoria.com. Hashtag Wander Victoria. <laughs> and, and Vince says, I know you'd love it here, Joey. And I didn't click like or respond or anything. No wonder Vince was like, are you still alive? Yeah, he messaged me yesterday wondering what happened to me. So, <laughs> nope, I'm still here, brother. I'm sorry. And yep, he was saying how oh, they weren't feeling well and all that. So, at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion for the Twitter account. Thank you. Please do give that a follow. Going to give a quick shout out to Flips Army. Flips Army out there. Facebook page ran by Trevor Wickerin. Really nice guy. He allows me to post a uh, link to Timberwolves Explosion on that Facebook page. So do check it out. Nice uh, game, in-game uh, threads and all that. You can kind of discuss the game during the game, all that, and kind of argue, curse at the refs, or wow, great play. Try to avoid saying I know right, and, and, and but this though, and that though, and this though, and that, that pass though. If I hear that anymore, I'm sorry, but God... These stupid phrases that have been bouncing around the last several years, like, I've, oh my god, this is, ugh, stop it, just stop it, please, stop it. It's not cool, and it's not funny either, just stop it, please, I hate it. <laughs> and I'm not the only one. If, if I if I hate it as much as I do, I don't think I'm the only one, trust me. And I know I'm not the only one. So, the Facebook page, nobody commented on the link to the last show, the Great Wiggins Debate, wasn't that fun? Wasn't that fun? And I even went off on Carl with the three-point shots earlier in the year, and how he, how it changed, and... He became a different player because of it. And look at Carl ever since he chilled out from that three-point line. And again, like, he noticed how ridiculous it was. I'm sure he did. And then he became what he's become, you know, he, he, he is becoming what he's going to be in this league. Like that David Robinson type of player, maybe even better. And again, I'm talking about the real David Robinson, not the aged one with Tim Duncan. The real one, not the damaged goods one. So, you have a post, Garnett opening up about his departure from Saunders' dream and vision and all that, how he would left from the Wolves. I wasn't all in with what he said, but I wasn't all against it either. Um, you know, there's nothing you can do about Flip Saunders, and yes, I understand the, the sadness and the frustration, how things just didn't happen the way they were going to be. But again, you can't do anything about it when, you know, nobody was expecting any, uh, anybody to get sick and die. I mean, that was completely unexpected. 
Um, you get a new boss, things are going to be different. This was a guy you were familiar with. Um, sometimes some of these star athletes, they're a little bit spoiled. And I think Garnett was been, was been spoiled a lot during his career. It just is what it is. I'm not going to agree with a lot of you guys in the Facebook pages that think the Wolves are just so bad and Glenn Taylor is so wrong. And you got to just roll the red carpet out for the franchise for this the best player in franchise history. That that automatically gives him immunity to any criticism or any disagreement. I mean, it's not even about criticizing the guy. It's immunity to any disagreement. I mean, you can't even disagree. Is that not fascism? I mean, come on, slow down here. And yeah, I'm getting a little too deep. Yes, way too deep. But is that not uh, like over the top? Like you can disagree with the person a little bit, right? You don't have to agree with every little thing. I mean, Garnett didn't handle things that well at times. I mean, it is what it is, you know. Every side was at fault when the Wolves did not win a championship during Garnett's 12 years with the franchise. Every side was at fault. McHale made poor decisions. They did not rebound well after Marbury demanded a trade. They did not rebound well after that, but then they still had golden opportunities, and they struck out. And then Garnett wanted this guy here, and he wanted that guy here. And then it was a salary cap crunch, and his contract was way over the top during a time when the cap was not as open as it is today, and it crunched the, the salary cap as well. All sides were at fault, and Glenn Taylor made poor decisions, and he was overly loyal to McHale, blah, blah, blah. It was, a, it was a Bermuda Triangle. All three of them made mistakes, okay? All three of them were at fault one way or another. Garnett could have been more clutch. He could have wanted the ball more late in games. I could go on forever and ever and ever and ever. So none of them are immune to criticism. I, McHale and Taylor were disappointing, extremely disappointing. But you cannot come out and tell me, like, Garnett's the greatest player in franchise history, which, okay, he is at this stage, you know, and that's subject to change. It is subject to change. He is not untouchable. Subject to change. But at the same time, he remains the best player in franchise history at this stage, so I'll respect that. I'll respect the office of that at this point. But, I mean, you cannot just defend the guy for absolutely anything and everything at all times, it's wrong. That's not being fair. You cannot just say it's only McHale and it's only Glenn Taylor and Glenn Taylor was unfair and was a jackass and this and that. And plus, Sam Mitchell, Kevin, really? Sam Mitchell, do you really think he's the right coach for this team for the next 15, for the next 10 years or so? Do you really think Sam Mitchell was the guy? Are you convinced of that? I understand you're loyal and he's he's a really good friend. But I don't know about that. And Sam Mitchell was never meant to be the head coach of the Timberwolves. That was never meant to happen. It was an emergency backup situation. And, of course, yes, he was second in command of of Flip's staff. Yes. But that was never meant to happen. So, okay, there's my thoughts. Take them as you do. (laughs) You know, I always have a lot to say about it. It is what it is. I don't like the way people in this town get way over supportive of certain people and then if you dislike somebody everybody hates them and it's and it's a and it's a freaking torch fest like adrian peterson a couple years ago too much too much and i'm not in adrian's corner about bringing him back to the vikings check out state of the vikings that's about that's that's in the process it's about it's about a third done we'll say it's about a third done because that's a project you don't just do the whole show at once with with a project like that so state of the vikings keep a lookout for that in purple mafia vince germano weighs in out of melbourne australia he says just as in life when you get a new boss you know they're going to change things up and not do it the old regime's way Yep, they all have their own ways of doing things. Absolutely, you cannot just, you know, you can't just flip out. And again, <laughs> pun absolutely not intended, by the way. You cannot just go crazy about it. And at the same time, again, I understand how sad he must be and disappointed. Yet at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if the Wolves would welcome him back as some type of a partial owner, but maybe not as much control as he was hoping for and I don't know. I don't think I want Garnett being the full owner of this team. I don't want Taylor being the full owner much longer either, but he's gotten better. Give him credit. He's gotten better. But it just took, it only took about 20 years. That's all. That's the problem. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. Beastly Have saying heartbreaking. And yes, it was a sad story and all that. So it is sad what happened to Mr. Flip and all the Flip Saunders and all that. So we'll kind of move from that uh, uh, article. And I was saying how they were talking for an additional push for uh, Derrick Rose. Apparently that additional uh, piece that the New York Knicks wanted was belly. Nemanja Belica. I don't know. Um, 
it ended up being just kind of like a, it would have been just a salary cap dump. And Rubio's been playing well, so probably a good idea not to go that direction. Um, he wasn't, a, Rose was no solution for anything. He's not even close to who he used to be, and I've noticed that for a long time. I've not been happy with, uh, with how Derek Rose has brought over the course of time. Let's see. Let's see. Hank with a couple of posts here. That's good. Um... Hmm, let's see, which one would I leave off? Okay, the, uh, I think we already talked about the Baz trade. I'll, I'll read it anyway, though, just in case. Uh, Hank was posting from Real GM saying, For a few seasons now, I've actually wanted to see Baz traded from the Wolves only on grounds that I wanted to see him play more. I think I already read this, but I'll read it again. Now the Wizards are interested, and he's got a coach who's giving him minutes. I'd actually hate to see Shabazz traded away, but if he was... If he was, what is his worth and what would you be looking at to get back in return? Thoughts? For me, it would have been maybe a, at least a protected first-round pick. And I, I think I mentioned that on the last show. I think like a protected first-round pick. It would have been something around those grounds. Uh, so maybe you can get like a 20th pick or something for him. But, you know, that's probably not enough, is it? Considering Baz, well, he was he was gotten, he, you got him higher and he's turned out to be pretty good. Where 20th pick, you might get another Adrian Payne. So, I don't know, probably a warm body in return. I'm not going to go with a draft pick. A warm body in return. We, we have enough draft picks. Get a veteran player off the Wizards. But, again, the fact that it's now over, I don't know. It just is what it is. You might end up trading him in the summer. It's possible. But he's, he's been fitting the role very well. I'd like to see Shabazz kept with the club in the season. Hope they can get a re- reasonable contract. Maybe a three-, four-year deal for Shabazz Muhammad this summer. And you go from there. Reasonable. And, again, you have all that salary cap space. So, yeah, um, uh, it's just the fact you got to sign the other guys. You want to be able to have cap space after signing them so you can make additions in the future. So you have to be smart. You don't want to sign him for $60 million. I don't think he's at the Gorgie Zhang range. Be careful with that. But at least Mr. Pekovich will probably come off the books here. Hopefully you can buy him out this summer. That would be great. Yeah, but, but don't try to fill all that money with Shabazz's contract. Maybe a little bit less than that. <laughs> he's going to command a decent amount of money, though, I'm sure. A decent amount. But let's not go the Luol Deng road or anything like that. Oh, oh, oh. Hank McCoy chimes in about the whole trade deadline. He says, sometimes the best deals are the ones not made. As much as I personally would like, would have liked to see Rose in a Wolves uniform, I'm glad Thibs was, was able to realize he is not worth giving up the bank away, giving the bank away for. So here's something to remember for fans when they look back on at the end of the season. At least we're not the Knicks. Zing! Oh, Hank. Woo-hoo. I think Joe Phillips, yep, Joe Phillips chimes in and says, I agree. Maybe we win more games. Doubt we make the eighth. We would fall into the lotto and then have to pay have to pay back the savings with interest. Yep, that's the thing. I'm sure Joey has had this discussion in a podcast way back that all the top eight teams have a decent point guard. No doubt Rose would not resign, and we are fighting with other teams for that position. I love Tyus and Dunn, but they don't have the skills or NBA IQ yet. I think uh, Mr. I don't know why this is disallowing me to click like. That is really annoying. Retarded. Okay, sorry. Pardon my French there. Uh, He says, I love Tyus and Dunn, but okay, but they don't have the skills or NBA IQ yet. I think Tyus has NBA IQ. Uh, Dunn isn't, it's not like he's lacks IQ. It's, well, I don't know. It's just overall confidence and skill at this point isn't quite up to what you'd want at an NBA level. His whole feel out there on the court, he's not like a starter yet, but I think he could, I think he deserves around 20 minutes and such. Hank McCoy says, I'm watching the Houston game and I'm totally split on Rubio. Should the Wolves just hand done the keys and live with the mistakes? He's coping. He's copying a lot of abuse from fans, which I think is unfair. You can see the flashes of potential there. Wolves fans just need to let this kid be a rookie. Stop hanging on him. Stop hanging him out to dry. Pardon me. After a bad game. Sheesh. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Why is this? Oh my god. Yeah, something's wrong with this damn thing. I gotta calm down before I curse it out. I, I was telling him how I like Chris Dunn an awful lot and, and all that. And it's the yep. Sometimes he makes weird passes and he's overall IQ. Yeah, it's not at an NBA starting point guard level. And I think it's just about learning with Chris Dunn and all that. So yeah, I, I agree with Joe Phillips actually more than I more than I was probably leading on there. I agree with him quite a bit. And Tyus's IQ is higher, but does he have the physical skill set? The physical skill set to be a starter. I don't know about a starter, but he's definitely a really nice spark plug. I think it could be valuable for many years. I'd love to see Tyus Jones on this roster for many years, if, if humanly possible. He, he, he's a he's a winning player. Um, I've been impressed with Rubio overall. 
He wasn't that good in the Houston game, but much better later on during the week here against Sacramento and Utah. So we do appreciate what Rubio's brought and all that. He was great against Houston last time around, by the way. Uh, what was the reply? We had a back and forth. He said, yeah, he's, it's going to be a, going to be a long one when it came to that, yeah, that game. And I was saying I was amazing how we managed. To, we score 130, yet we give up 140. Hank said, I'm totally convinced the Rockets just plan to flat out outscore everyone come playoffs. It doesn't matter if they can stop anyone as long as they score more points. And that's pretty much where we're at. Rick Jones says, that cat though. Oh no, he said though. Shame on you, Rick Jones. That cat though. What a freaking stud. Okay, just say cat's a freaking stud. Leave the though out, can you? Please leave the though out. That's all I ask. <laughs> I don't know. That is an overused like bit that's been going around for about a year. It's ugh, it's nauseating. Joe Phillips out of Australia says, Ricky, up, uh, Ricky, up, oh, down, Rubio. <laughs> is, is, is that who we're talking about? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am the only one who's confused at how Cat is being used. I could have sworn the previous game he spent almost the, almost the whole quarter on the bench. He seems to be coming in with the bench players. Do I have that right? Anyway, perhaps it worked. As he came out and scored 17 points, I think. Urgh, that bench looks disturbingly weak. And yes, the bench has been very weak the whole season for the most part, with the exception of Shabazz Muhammad, pretty much. We haven't really used anybody off the bench. And and uh, Tom Thibodeau's been very stingy giving minutes he, you know, and extending the bench. And that's what we talked about there in Doogie Wolfson on Twitter earlier during the season as to why Jordan Hill hasn't been playing. Also, Jordan Hill, yeah, he just hasn't looked good in his extended time, and again, I'm very surprised with how things went with that. I wouldn't be surprised if he lost confidence, and it's, and it's just his whole feel right now isn't where it needs to be because of it. So, I can't imagine how Jordan Hill must feel right now. I, you know, he's just sitting out the whole year. He's, you know, he's not hurt, and it's just the the but won't play him. And he's been, he's, throughout his career, had consistent minutes. So, again, very confused with how things have gone with that, and it's... Uh, Mad dang. So that'll wrap up the fan interaction. Want to thank you all so very much, and I encourage you to check out the Courtside Podcast on iTunes. That's how you can listen to the show, the, the free shows and all that, the mini-sodes. For premium shows, have Podbean. Podbean, not Podmatic. Podbean. <laughs> it's an application on any smart device. And to listen to the premium shows, sign up for a uh, one-year subscription, $20. One-year subscription, $20. And you could go the premium route there. That, that way you can get everything on Podbean. Otherwise, if you want to just at least hear what the show sounds like for the, uh, to get started on iTunes, the uh, mini-suits are all on iTunes. And then Podbean has everything. So there you go. The Courtside Podcast. The Courtside Podcast. The Crossover Podcast is also on the sportstuff.com. Really encourage you to listen to that as well. New York Knicks, Brooklyn Nets. New York Knicks, Brooklyn Nets. Rusty and PMAC, also out of Australia. Rusty from Sydney, Australia, out there, just like Hank McCoy. Kind of similar show hosts, but then again, different as well. You all have your different points of view and different personalities. Um, Courtside and Crossover Podcast, awesome shows. Always encourage you to listen. Continued shout-out to Tanae Wilson, uh, Wilson Brown, Levi Brown as well. Joe Phillips, thank you for your conclusion. Always love hearing from you. Brett Walters, uh Lucas Quayle, hope you're still listening out there in South Dakota. I would love to come on that show again if you guys didn't uh, hate me the first time. I don't know. I don't think they did, but you never know. You never know, right? You never know what people are thinking until until they tell you themselves. So <laughs> it is what it is. I'd love to go back on that show again, though, over there in South Dakota. So thanks, all of you, very much for your inclusion. Please tell your friends about this show. You, have to, you also have James in New York. I want to give him a shout-out as well. Hopefully he's still a listener. Uh, you got Millie in China. I haven't heard from her in forever. I don't know if she's still out there. Hopefully. So thank you always for your inclusion. Please tell your friends about the show. Write a positive rating on iTunes if you could. It'd be greatly appreciated. And all right. Just want to say thank you and take care. Everybody, we'll be back next week where hopefully the Wolves go 2-1.